Hello, everyone, and welcome to Geek Rant, episode 221. It's a brand new year. Recorded January 3rd, 2016, and brought to you by Element OP Productions. ElementOP.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the new show that's starting out at episode 221, because this is the internet and we can do that kind of stuff. So a brand new show, 220 episodes, and we're welcoming you back. Hi, my name is Mark, also known as the Sultan of the Soapbox, and, and, and kicking things off this week is your friend and mine, Seth the Gooey Kid Anderson. Hello, Seth. Yeah, that intro, it does sound like a brand new show. <laughs> no, you know, we could have went with the whole 221B and did the whole Baker Street, you know, because this is the B show title and it really would have fit. But no, it's a whole new year. Um, yeah, it's a it's a GNU year. Um, yeah. And and this show isn't going to have anything to do with GNU, um, but that title was too good to pass up. So there you go. It's a brand GNU year. Uh, so new show, kind of new name, same show, kind of mostly. So here's here's the thing. I've been talking about this for for months now. Um, this is the, the if you're getting this, the feed has updated, and you didn't notice it probably, um, because unless you uh, go back and tell your podcatcher to redo the name and uh, uh, to clear the cache there. It probably still says Everyday Linux uh, and probably still has the old logo. Uh, may or may not. Just uh, every podcatcher is a little bit different. But I've swapped the feed out. There's now a permanent redirect from the old EDL feed to the new Geek Rant feed. All the shows are there. You go to the website. You can search for either EDL or Geek Rant. You'll find the same content because it's the same show with just a new name uh, because we're no longer longer the linux show that's not about linux we're just pretending we're, we're, we're going to stop pretending we're not a linux show anymore at all that's not about linux what we are about is is about geek culture and about um you know society and whatever the heck we want to talk about in other words the show that you've been listening to for the last four years yeah we're still i mean we're still interested in open source you know, we're still going to do the occasional distro review. Um, basically, hey, I installed it. It boots up. I can get to the web browser. It works. You know, that's pretty much the uh, really the only kind of distro review you need for the average user. But we'll still cover those. They're still open source. You know, we're still going to do news stories. We're still looking for interviews. And, um, you know, whenever whenever EDL started, all three of us were in education. Right. And uh, none of us are in education anymore. Our lives have changed. And so, you know, but they're still our lives. Our show has changed, but it's still our show. That was almost six years ago in April. It'll be six years when we started this podcast. And, you know, a lot has changed in six years. And and Seth, I think, uh, summed it up really well a couple of weeks ago uh, when he said that we don't we're not needed anymore. Microsoft is now offering Linux certifications. We don't need a show <laughs> called Everyday Linux anymore. We have arrived. We're there. Uh, so it's still the same show. The same, but what I do hope this will do is free us up to go, um, you know, Every time, not every time, but often when we would would have these discussions about movies or or religion or or whatever, somebody would pipe up and say, "More Linux! It's a Linux show! Stop!" So now we're freer to to have this. So this is really going to become. I hope uh, we're gonna we're gonna take the reins off and let let the horse have its head and let it go where it wants to go. And and I I think it's going to be a much more of a geek culture show um, and less of a Linux show. And and I'm all about that. I, but it's still me. It's still Seth. And every now and then when he decides. To up it's still chris uh so uh, we're still we're still the same show and uh, we hope we still have the same listeners but if not you know it's been nice knowing you 
Yeah. And, you know, if you really are that upset about the name change, Microsoft gets the hate mail because we won. So <laughs> that's right. Uh, and I do want one other thing about that. The, the new resolution for this show is for things to be tighter. Uh, Seth and I have been complaining for a while now that the show is just, uh, it's not that we don't want to. We, we don't want to clamp down on rambling. Rambling is okay. Rambling is a big part of this show. In fact, mm. it's in the name, ranting, geek rant. Uh, but, you know, there's been a whole lot of, uh, we, we've really let things go in terms of trying to manage the show. So I'm going to try to keep things moving and try to keep uh, segments tight. Uh, so you have my permission to call me on that. If we if things get out of hand and we start just going way off the rails um, in a way that is not entertaining, right? Off Entertaining off the rails is fine. But if we get boring, you have my permission, you as the listener, you, Seth, as the co-host, to, to slap me back on and say, hey, let's tighten this thing up a little bit. Uh, so uh, with that, uh, let's get right into Star Wars for crying out loud. Um, I've seen it twice now in the last uh, two weeks. How about you, Seth? I saw it once. Okay. I might see it again, but I don't know. So I, my wife and I went to see it um, because, you know, in this PG-13 world, uh, that can mean anything. Uh, it can mean just barely above PG where, you know, a guy uh, gets a little uh, bit too much blood on his lip when he gets punched to, uh, you know, 10 minutes of boobs a la James Cameron in the Titanic. Uh, so PG-13 doesn't really mean anything. So my wife and I wanted to preview this one. I really wanted to take my kids away. I wanted to share this experience with them, but I also wanted to make sure that it was appropriate. Because, for example, episode three would not have been appropriate for my seven-year-old at all. Uh, I think maybe for my 11-year-old, she's on the bubble. My 13-year-old, I think, would be fine with it. Um, so we went to see it, uh, you know, when it, uh, the weekend it came out, December 18th, uh, the, the second, uh, well, the 19th. We, it was released on the 18th. We saw it on the 19th. Um, and really, really loved it. And it's a good movie, and it's good enough, and it's clean enough that we got to take our kids. So we went back uh, on New Year's Eve. And and took the whole family to see it. No, that's cool. I um, of course I saw it. I was able to get in not opening night, but the next night. I luckily, you know, um, assigned seating, so I found there was like one or two open seats in the in left in the theater, and I got it. But um, it, it, it's a clean movie. And it's a good movie, but I don't want to give any spoilers. But I had some serious issues uh, with it. From a continuity standpoint, but again, continuity really, from the old or within internal continuity, um, just the rules. So, yeah. you yeah. know, you were real big on, I don't care what your rules are as long as you stay with them. So either they've got some splaining to do with the rules or they got some splaining to do with some people. And, um, uh, it could go either way. And I, I maybe want to watch it again, but. I've always liked Star Wars, but I was more of a Star Trek person. So I, you know, I'm not the Star Wars geek. I'm more the Star Trek geek, but I, it was an okay movie. So, you know, like the Avengers and Marvel movies that I'm loving and Mark says are, that's oh, okay. Mark <laughs> yeah. loves this one and I'm like, it's okay. So I, I describe this one as a love letter to your childhood. This movie isn't for my children. This movie is for me. And it's set up the movie that will be for my children. So the people like me who were five, six, seven years old when the first one came out, and this defined us for a generation. This is a love letter to your childhood. Um, yes, it has problems, uh, but it's a Star Wars movie, right? Bad acting, cheesy dialogue, and plot holes are par for the course in a Star Wars movie. Uh, there are a number of, of 
callbacks and even direct ripoffs from the the original uh four five and six but in any other movie i would attack those as being derivative and 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 um unimaginative in this movie though it comes off as an homage it's a wink and a nod and you're like oh yeah i see what you did there um and so in much the same way if you like jj abrams handling of the spock kirk um yeah uh at the end of wrath of khan Right in in the second uh, movie uh, into darkness. If you liked the way he took this thing that you loved and twisted it enough to keep it interesting, that sort of stuff goes on all over the place in uh, the the Force Awakens. He took the things you loved, he twisted it just enough that you go, "Oh, okay, I see what you did there. I like that." So uh, it, it's uneven, it's got flaws, but I've seen it twice. I will see it again. I will buy it when it comes out. It, it one of my favorite things is that we're now asking questions. Right. It introduced questions like, how is that? Who is this person? And how is this person so powerful when, when the most powerful Jedi family was, was destroyed? How, how does that happen? That these are great questions. And after 38 years, we're asking questions again. And I love that. <laughs> yeah. Cause so. the, the last, the, the first three, the last three, however you want to call it, the prequels. It was all exposition. It was all answering questions. Nothing. It, you you knew how the story ended, and it was just directing you to it. Now that's this this whole wide expanse ahead of us, uh, and you don't know who is. How is this going to happen? Is this? Uh, are these two people going to team up? Are these two people going to be mortal enemies? How's it going to happen? And it just it excites me that there's going to be another. You know at least four or five years it may peter out it may not have the the wheels to to continue on but there's going to be another you know several years at least where we get to ask questions and see them answered uh by 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 talented movie makers so good stuff yeah i am um, like i say i will i'll probably go see it again i'm not sure but it it wasn't bad all right and and i'm going to continue the it wasn't bad theme uh and say i i finished up jessica jones i believe i talked about that before that i had started that the uh netflix uh series uh, it's okay you know it ended in a satisfactory way um the characters were explored it's it was fine um nowhere near daredevil in my opinion um but it was good um i i don't i can't give it an enthusiastic recommendation uh but uh you know if you like that kind of thing you'll find that the kind of thing you like yeah i um i actually i thought david Tennant did a great job very good he was he was he was probably the highlight of the series and actually he was so good sorry to interrupt you seth he was so good that he made you realize how bad everybody else was yeah you know with a character with the um powers of a jessica jones i would have expected a lot more action uh something at least comparable to the amount of action in daredevil uh it wasn't there um but i'm like you it wasn't as good as daredevil but it was good enough to keep me wanting to see the next marvel series that comes out yeah i hope they do more with luke cage they introduced him as an interesting character a nice little enigma sort of a sorbet to cleanse the palate and they didn't do enough with him uh, yeah, I, I hope that there's a Luke Cage series and that Jessica Jones is the bit player because there's just not enough of of this Jessica Jones. Uh, maybe there is of the comic book Jessica Jones, but the one that they spent 13 episodes uh, developing, there's not enough of her for me to be interested in moving back and, and seeing another episode. Another yeah, series. I totally agree with you. They didn't really develop her enough. Um, they had a great premise, and I would have loved to seen 
some of her doing stuff because basically everything that happened was in a direct relation to the overall arc. Had there been some bits where she was doing like, cause you know, she's a private eye. Right. Sorry, spoiler. You find that out in <laughs> yeah. episode one. Um, had she done like some private eye cases that were just random private eye cases thrown in, you know, or seen a couple of more bar brawls because, you know, she drinks a lot. Great setup for action there. You know, it could have been a lot more and I would have loved to have seen more action with a character whose powers are strength, toughness, agility, speed, and power. You right. know, you don't want to see a cerebral show, you know, like, um, anyway, so good, but not great. Yeah. It was really a modern day film noir. If you're into that 1950s film noir, I mean, complete with long down the hall shots into the, the glass door of a detective's office. I mean, it is film noir all the way through, complete with, with, uh, uh, main, uh, protagonist narrating her own story. Uh, if you're into that, then this, this may be good for you. If you're into, as I mentioned before, alternative lifestyles being celebrated, it's probably good, uh, be good for you. If you're into really good stories told well, uh, you might want to, you, you won't miss anything if you skip this one. Yeah, I mean, it was a great story, but they could have did that story better. And I don't think that story, like I say, if they would have taken oh, just the amount, you know, she could have had some other independent cases going because, you know, let's face it, PIs probably do a lot of different cases at right. the same time. That could have been really good. But they they focus too exclusively on the 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 arc of the story, and there wasn't enough to set the character, and so that's what made it kind of a uh, good, but closer to bad than great. Right. And David Tennant, in the same way that uh, Alec Guinness made Mark Hamill look so bad in Star Wars, David Tennant makes the other characters around him look so bad because he is just he really shines. He's outstanding. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of another character that just totally stole the show, and and, and I'm blanking right now. Well, Kingpin in Daredevil, yeah, right? Yeah. So but, Vincent D'Onofrio, but he was, was he fit right? He was a puzzle piece that fit in there, but but, uh, but he did that job he, so well. He totally he, stole the show. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in fact, my wife and I, uh, in anticipation of Daredevil uh, season two coming out in April, we've started rewatching Daredevil. Um, and I still maintain that the last 10 minutes of episode two is some of the best filmmaking ever. Just, I mean, no qualifiers, some of the best filmmaking ever. Cool. What happened then? Refresh my memory. Um, it was the, uh, this episode two where you get his backstory about his dad and the decision he made and the, uh, where he goes, uh, in search of the kid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that really was good. So, yeah. man. And the epic epic fight scene um that that took they live off of my top number one fight scene it's now number two because of the epic fight scene at the end of of daredevil episode two okay (laughs) and if you haven't seen they live stop the podcast now quit work walk away go see it it's that good you owe it to yourself to see they live it was on Showtime this last week. We get a free preview now with Dish, and I was like, they live. Oh, yeah. is this the And So, you know, I had to watch a little bit of it. Because uh, there's like 90 seconds of boobs at the end that's just enough to make it Showtime worthy. Otherwise, they only show skin flicks. But uh, Pretty much. All right. And so, Seth, you have made a, a, a major 
uh, resolution this year. Tell us about that. Yes. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a copycat. I read the story about a fat guy who ran a 5k a month for a year to lose weight. And I thought, you know, I can do that because I've done some 5ks before. So I started last week with my air quotes training, uh, you know, basically walking and then throwing some running in the middle and, um, three days a week, I expand the amount of running I do. So, and then I'm setting my first one at, um, the 30th of this month. I was about to say March, but January 30th. And, uh, so, and then I'll try to do one at the end of February. And then I, I'm doing one in March and then, you know, we'll go from there. I hope to be able to do a 10 K, um, by the end. Of course, I, I could walk one now. That's not a big deal, but I want to, you know, me running is more like a lumbering. I want to at least be able to lumber through the majority of them. Um, not maybe not this first one because I let myself go there, but you know, by February, or at least March, I ought to be able to make it pretty much all the way through. That's my goal anyway. Good, good on you. I'm excited about that. Uh, I got my wife a Fitbit for Christmas because I'm the worst husband ever. And I told her she was fat and here's something to help. No, she asked for it specifically <laughs> by name. Um, and so I've, uh, the Moto 360 that I've been wearing for over a year now, uh, has a, a steps tracker on it. It's not the super accurate. I, I don't think accurate's all that important. It's consistent, right? If it's always too much or always too little, as long as it's always the same, cause I'm not measuring steps. I'm measuring yesterday. I'm measuring progress. I'm measuring, measuring right. change. But but it there has become this sort of competition now, and you know I'll come home at the end of the day. I got fifty two hundred steps today. How did you get fifty two hundred? And and I'm only at forty. And then she'll like go run up the stairs ten times to to catch <laughs> up with me. So I think that's going to be interesting between the two of us. We went to the zoo yesterday and all the other animals at the zoo were smart enough not to be outside when it was 34 degrees uh on the second of january the uh the humans though we were dumb enough to be out there going where are all the animals at uh so but we walked according to my device uh about five and a half miles around the zoo um and and it was one of those things where at the end of the day she was like wait i did everything you did how is it you have 400 more steps than i do and it was like, well, that I did go to the bathroom when you didn't, and the men's room was farther away from the table. <laughs> it's that kind of thing going on. So I think it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next several months. But back to you. Sorry to totally steal your thunder. I think that's great. Uh, 12 10Ks in 12 months, or 12 5Ks, rather, in 12 months. Uh, that's 30 minutes of brisk walking. Um, it's so certainly uh, doable. Um, well, you know, for me, running, me running was 40 minutes. My my best time is like, is like upper thirties. Yeah. But I and would bet that a brisk walk for you is faster than a run. It is for me. I can walk faster than I run, but it, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't think so. Okay. Cause when I run, it's more like controlled falling, uh, loosely controlled falling. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I walk pretty slow. And I've yeah. noticed that. And so whenever I've been walking for this, I've made a constant step to like take longer strides, right. speed up my pace. And consequently, I get tired and I have right. to power through it. So one of the things I discovered when I first started trying to be more fit is that my, I had allowed my own biomechanics to be so screwed up that I forgot what a normal gait was, right? As you get heavier, you start shortening your gait because it hurts less and, and you're more stable. Uh, and then I realized that I don't know how to even take a normal step anymore because I'm, I was 500 and 10 pounds and had totally just uh, but ruined my not only my biomechanics but but my my uh um memories of the the I'm trying I'm blanking on on the words the neural pathways I had to completely reprogram myself to do something as simple as walk like a normal person 
Um, and you know, you're not as fat as I was, uh, but, uh, it, it, it happens, you, but you don't really, also you don't, you forget what normal is, right? Right. Uh, well, I had two double quarter pounders at McDonald's and four large fries. That's, that's what anybody eats. That's normal. Right. And yeah, you, you think it is. I mean, you know, I remember when, whenever I was at my heaviest, right before I started, you know, I would go for lunch would be a double quarter at McDonald's and two McChicken sandwiches. The meal was supersized. And if I wasn't on my fourth soda, when I walked out, something was wrong. And that was after eating four sausage biscuits for breakfast because I thought five was too many. So, and then, you know, another meal equal to that size when I got home and I snacked throughout the day. I mean, I don't know how I didn't die or weigh 800 pounds, the amount of food I was eating. Um, those aren't exaggerations, people. That was the that was the kind of food I put away on a regular basis. So if you, the listener, would, there's a good chance, if you're listening to a show previously called Everyday Linux, now called Geek Rant, Geek Rant you probably have some weight to lose. Just play in the numbers there. Uh, if you want to join us, that would be awesome, and uh, we can we can post our progress. I, I'm not sure I'm ready to go Seth's route of a 5K a month. But you know, I may, it may take something like that to break me out of, of, I mean, I, I lost a hundred pounds last year. Uh, well, 75 last year, about 25, uh, the year before. Uh, but, um, I'm kind of plateaued now. It may take something like that. So I'm, I'm seriously considering joining you on this, Seth. I'll let you know by the, by the time we, we come back next week. Yeah. And you know, the first, the first 5k I'm doing is called the hypnotic donut dash. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, it just worked out that cause I was like looking, you know, you can, any major metropolitan area is going to have some listing somewhere where you can like, you know, a list of races and, and events like that. And it just so happened that on the 30th within where I wanted to drive to was one called the hypnotic donut dash. And so I was like, you know, okay, I can do that. And, uh, and that's one of the reasons I'm telling people is because if I just keep it to myself, you know, it's now I've got a little bit of pressure of, Oh, I've committed to this. I need to do it. So. Well, I will keep you on track. Uh, so that's the 30th of January. Uh, now I need to tell you about something happening on the 21st of January through the 24th. That's scale Southern California Linux Expo. Ilian wrote to us and said, Hey, I'm writing on behalf of Southern California Linux Expo, uh, 14, our 14th annual community organized Linux and open source conference is coming up in January. We'd appreciate it if you could help us spread the word about the event. Uh, I won't be joining you. At the Southern California uh, Linux Expo, but if you live near there, uh, uh, I encourage you to check it out at the Pasadena Convention Center, January 21st through 24th. Um, I think it's, I, I love those sort of things. And, uh, you know, th there's probably a good chance there's going to be more people there than at, say, you know, Texas Linux Fest that, that has about 20 people. So it will be, that's not fair, the Texas Linux Fest, but still, um, it'll be great. Uh, I, I hope to, uh, hear more about it. Scale 14 on January 24th through the 23rd. Yeah. If somebody wants to pay for us to go out there, I'll be happy to, uh, you know, take a day off of work and fly out there, but I, I cannot afford to do this one. Uh, yeah, that would be, that, that, I'd do it. Yeah. So, uh, but there would, there would be, have to be some remuneration there because that's a long way for both of us, farther for me than for you, but not, not short for either of us. Um, all right. Moving on to the news. <laughs> Seth finally wants Jala to die. He finally yeah. wants the, the bastard son of Migo to go away. Well, there's an article that came out um, actually yesterday where Jala has admitted that not everybody is going to get a tablet. 
And I'm like, you know, I freaking pledged you and I gave you <laughs> money over a year ago for a tablet. Honestly, I don't care about the crappy OS. Just send me a blank tablet so I can put Linux on it or Windows or, you know, use it for a coaster at this point with the specs. But I either want my money back or I want the tablet. I don't want some other quote unquote surprise that you might give me. Um, I found the, the, um, I went to, um, their webpage and I found somebody on Twitter and I reactivated my Twitter account, signed in for like the first time in three years. And I sent him a, I tweeted him and said, Hey, can I get my money back for the tablet? And I went to Indiegogo and I said, Hey, can I get my money back for the tablet? I think if it's been over a year and you haven't communicated with me in six months, you know, Either that or just say, Hey, we took our, we took your money. You're not getting your tablet. Sorry. You know, yeah, don't, don't play. I'm tired of this waiting game. Just say, man, we wanted to make an OS, but apparently nobody else cares. So we're, we're going away and, um, or, or send me my tablet. I, I don't care. Yeah, uh, the article I, here on lilyputing.com says Java can't produce enough tablets to send them to everyone who made a pledge in hopes of getting a tablet. No, it wasn't in hopes of. That was the promise. The yeah. reward for this donation is you get a tablet. Yeah, that was the perk, you know, and so you gave at that perk for the tablet. And then, of course, there was a whole, do you want to pay for shipping? Do you want to upgrade? Do you want to do this? I was like, no, I want the tablet. I was promised. Um, but yeah, so. Instead, it says it will send some backers some tablets, and it will send other backers some other kind of reward, and they may even have a positive surprise in store, whatever that means. (laughs) But if that positive surprise is a tablet, you're out of luck. Now, see, at this point, Seth, you'd have to help me with the, the numbers on this, but at this point, they made enough money that they could just go buy everybody an Amazon tablet. And say, here you go. Uh, this is this is your tablet. Sorry, it doesn't have sailfish on it. Well, yeah, because I don't remember how much I gave, but um, because it's been that freaking long ago, I would have to pull up the um, I would have to pull up the thing, and uh, which actually, while we're talking, I'm doing that. But and then I gave enough to get that. So give me a tablet. Yeah, you know, buy me a Nexus Seven or something, or one of those forty dollars Chinese knockoffs that you can get yes. from wherever. So their, their original goal was $380,000 for 20,000 tablets. They made $2.5 million. 2.575369 yes. million. If you can't just buy everybody an Amazon tablet for $2.5 million, you're crooks. This is not this is not a mistake. This is not oops, it was more difficult to order than we thought it was. This is thievery. You are crooks, Jala people. Yeah, and you know, especially the latest round was $240 plus shipping for a 32 gig tablet. I don't think it was quite that much when I did it, but still, you know, buy me a $40 RCA tablet from Walmart. You know, even if you go to their website and pay $70 for it, and even though I already have one of those crappy things, send me a freaking tablet so I can do, you know, I can at least say I got my tablet. Yeah, there's just no excuse for not uh, coming up with some sort of project product at $239. Just no excuse for that. They've had additional fundraising. That's the thing. They did additional fundraising, you know, um, and yeah, so... 
I, you know, I love Migo. It, it has a place in my heart and Migo will always have a place in my heart, but Jala, I'm about to kick you out of my heart. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I will use my, my great showbiz acumen and, uh, just rain spit in your general direction, I guess. The good news is that your voter information is perfectly safe, locked in that government-controlled vault. Yes, uh, except unless you're one of the 191 million people who has had their voting history exposed on the Internet, researchers have found. Um, this is a new story from Reuters, and the database includes name, address, your birth date, your party affiliation, phone numbers, um, and even some voting history. Um 191 million. That's a lot of it doesn't have your social security number, but, and it was just one of those things where it was on a server that was publicly accessible on the internet. So somebody in testing, they set up their <laughs> server for 777 or everyone full access and forgot to take it out of that because they couldn't get the bugs to not work. And it's like, Oh, it's working now. And then, you know, they went away because maybe, I don't know, their wife was uh, pregnant having a kid or whatever. And then they come back. And they forget what they did, and next thing you know, everything is open for the world to see. This makes me sad in so many ways. This was not a hack. This was a browsing of a website. This was not a hack, people. Somebody went, hey, here's an open URL. Wonder what's in it. Oh. Yeah, and um, you know, and and we covered a similar story. I guess it's been a couple of years ago now in France, where somebody from France found this, and he was like arrested for espionage because he went to a public URL and found state secrets. So you could say, well, this isn't state secrets. This is just the personal information of almost everybody in the country who's ever voted. Um, so yeah, yay, America, <laughs> go e-voting. <laughs> <laughs> it's just exactly these this is the government trust me i'm from the government now admittedly the information that they gave out is probably pretty easy to access your name your birthday these are literally public records by definition yeah. they are public records anybody with with a credit card in a few minutes could go to the public records and find all this information so it's not a big hack necessarily it's the fact that it was a that the information was collected because, you know, that that's one of those things that you don't necessarily have, you shouldn't have to give under the Constitution, right? Those have all been things that have been added after the fact. And actually, I'm totally okay with the fact that when I go in Georgia to, um, to vote, they ask to see my identification. It's not, doesn't have to be a photo ID, right? It can be my voter card, which is fine. Um, and if I don't have my voter card, I can show them my photo ID. Um, that's all fine with me. Uh, that, that's just, oiling the machine that doesn't bother me and the fact right. that this information is there doesn't bother me it's the fact that it was collected it was aggregated and it was unprotected that's what bothers me about this yeah you know i'm like you there was there was no reason for this information to be stored exactly um, and and because you know and, and this is this is the same you know we've had this discussion many times um if the fact that it was stored because they could store it, you know, and they didn't tell anybody they were doing it. Maybe they did. I don't know. But it's one of those things. I don't mind showing, proving I'm an American citizen because 
theoretically, there are certain rights and benefits I have as a citizen of this country that other people wouldn't. So I should prove that in order to access those things. But it doesn't need to be tracked. Oh, this guy came in and here's his driver's license and here's his address and here's, you know, his weight, his height and all of the other kind of stuff. So uh, it's just, you know, because people are in, you know, and here this wasn't some nefarious scheme to defraud people this was just you know somebody had a brain fart and all the voter information is now public yeah and you can't make it unpublic 191 million uh out of roughly 300 million u.s population so if the entire population is somewhere around 300 million then 191 million registered voters that's pretty much all of them yeah, because, you know, in presidential elections, what's the usual rate? I think if it's a contested election, maybe up close to 70%. So yeah. 70 of 300, 210. So you're getting pretty close. Right. And and not all of those are legal voters, right? Some of those are kids. Right. Uh, of the five people in my house, only uh, 20, 40% of them can vote. Right. So I would say that's pretty much every registered voter in the United States in that single database, unprotected, on the web, net network connected. Yep. <sighs> hey, remember when uh, m- uh, the Mozilla Foundation was going to make a phone? Well, not so much. It's gone the way of the Jala tablet. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you know, Mo- uh, and we talked about, actually, if you listen to our last show, we talked about the numbers and the Firefox o- mobile OS was on the downward climb, and Mozilla confirmed um this was a while back, I guess, um, kind of close to a month ago December that yeah. they, um, they, they're given up, not the Firefox OS, but the Firefox OS phone. So right. the, the OS, I think is still pretty cool, you know, and it has a, it, it could have a place, but as far as having it on the phone, there just isn't the demand, you know, even Amazon with their fire phone and they actually threw marketing and real money behind it to get it going. There was, the public went meh okay and um so now here the public went what firefox i had no idea there was such a thing yeah Um, samsung has had busts uh, htc one the once mighty htc is now and also ran nokia can't can't get somebody to, to can't give away their phones so hardware is hard as the Jala people found out, and as now the the Firefox, the Mozilla people are finding out, it's much easier to create an OS than it is to create a piece of hardware that people actually want. Yeah, and well, and even if you create an OS, you really at this point things are getting so siloed. What's the point? Right. You know, if if you're a big iTunes person, um, and you know you have your iMusic and all that other crap, then you know you want to be an Apple and you want your Apple phone and you want your Apple TV and you want your Apple computer and you know I don't know whatever else your Apple juice, whatever. Um, <laughs> you, you know if you like what you see whenever it's, you go to work, it's Kool Aid at Apple, Seth. It is Kool Aid. Okay, I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's Apple flavored Kool Aid. But you know if you're Microsoft, you know, and because you want, you know, I don't want to learn another OS. This is what I use at work. So I have my, I have my Windows tablet. I have a windows phone and then i have i don't know web tv Uh, and then you know of course android if you're if you're a google if you drank the google kool-aid such as mark and you know you see the g slowly uh coming in on his forehead a little bit clearer every week then you know you want an android phone and uh so but what's the what's the differentiator for firefox os there isn't one and so you know which means the the hardware has to be awesome to even have a chance, right? right? So if, if you're, you're, you've got an unknown OS that was 
HTML5 only, no app store. This was this was the original iPhone, right? People forget that iPhone didn't have uh, an app store until a couple of versions, either second or third version. Um, it was just a web phone, and and that didn't work, right? Apple had to put in a store. Google got copied that and got off the ground with the store. Uh, Palm has known for years that you got to have a store. BlackBerry has known for years you got to have a store. But Firefox thought they were special, that they could just be a web phone. Turns out not so much. Yeah. Um, you know, and so yeah, the, and unfortunately, so it didn't work out. They, they, the Firefox mobile phone has gone the way of the dodo bird. Um, it was flightless and therefore now extinct. Um, but you know, the OS itself isn't dead. Maybe it can, maybe it can find a market in the internet of things because it was designed to be very small. And so, you know, I guess, you know, in much the same way that Linux is designed to be small. So and Android is designed to be small. Um, it's just another player for the internet of things. And, you know, since there's going to be more internet of things and there are people in the world, maybe there's enough there where a percentage of that is enough to justify it. Firefox OS on your light bulbs all day long. Yeah. Nobody's going to hack it because nobody knows what it is. You're safe. Uh, speaking of hacking, the Juniper Network, it was after we'd already recorded our last show for the year, um, uh, the Juniper, Juniper Networking uh, hardware, they're, they're like the big guys. Uh, they sort of uh, go hand in hand with Cisco, even took over from Cisco in some areas, uh, announced that there was a, a, an embedded hardware designed backdoor, essentially, that allowed any random person admin access to your enterprise-grade hardware. Oops. Well, they quickly came back and said, okay, it's not quite as bad as we said. It's only like three versions instead of nine. Yeah. And well, you know, basically just, um, doing, um, echoing what you said, you know, Juniper, they're a big deal. They're not like your home router. They're like, you know, the backbone of the internet that all of the traffic passes through at some point. And the flaws were as such that if you use their VPN service, which if you did a site to site VPN and part of it was Juniper and they have access, then they can decode and recode your, um, your information that you think is secure. And it, could it be the NSA? Does it reek of the kind of revelations that Eric Snowden did? It could have been. It could have been some other nation state actor, but it wasn't quite as bad as they, because the first thing is the sky is falling. All of our hardware belongs to them. You know, oops, are bad. But now it's like, nope, only these versions. And here's the updates. You need to update your systems as soon as possible. So, and this is just, you know, this was like, I don't know, hacking day uh, for the news I found. So again, and this is something where you can do everything right, but somebody else between you and your endpoint um, is compromised and therefore your information is compromised. So yeah, I happen to run Juniper stuff on my back end. My ISP happens to run Juniper stuff on their back end. The, a third party bank that I do business with happens to run Juniper stuff on their back end. We set up a VPN tunnel and suddenly we're, you know, uh, open to the public. Yeah, assuming the public knows how to do this. Uh, the article, uh, Juniper quickly, uh, reported that they haven't received any notifications of exploits, but why would you, right? So this, the nature of this exploit is enough that is such that you wouldn't know when it was happening and nobody's going to admit to having done it. Right. Oh, hey, by the way, that anonymous hack that happened, that was us. Um, haha. Yeah. The, the good news, it's easy to patch, easy to fix. Um, and, you know, if you're, uh, a, 
major tier whatever uh, hosting outfit had a reboot for, quote, server maintenance over the holidays, it's a good idea. A good, good chance this is why. Yeah. And, you know, they're talking about going more open source with some of their things to get more eyeballs on the code and be able to see these kind of things. Uh, you know, this is what happens whenever your CEOs need uh, six-figure bonuses, and in order to get that, you have to cut out your experienced technicians because the entry-level techs do it at a much reduced rate of pay, and they just quite simply don't realize what's happening. Um, you got to pay the people who develop the stuff. You can't always pay the managers and the owners. And I know maybe that's not the case in this particular instance, but that happens a whole lot in software companies. You get these great engineers that develop a great product and then, you know, owners get involved or somebody sells out and then they start squeezing out the high price talent, bringing in the lower place talent and you lose the top end people. And before the bottom end people build up their knowledge, there's gaps in the efficiency of the company. And, that is a danger that is very real, and it leads to situations like this, maybe not this one in particular. And it's also that you can spend more money on marketing. You yeah. cut out the tech guys so that you can spend more money on marketing. So you can say stupid things like, we have a billion users. <laughs> yeah, um, this was, I do not understand how somebody, this is uh, Ubuntu claims that they have there are probably more than 1 billion Ubuntu users. Um, and this comes from Canical or Canical, Canonical. Canonical. Um, Dustin wait, Kirkland. Wait. I, I got to get this quote in there. It's likely that most people who use Ubuntu don't know it. So, <laughs> you know, this is a total fluff piece where th think about that. There is a very, the world has, what is it? We're going to, we're going to round up and say six and a half billion people on the world today. There is a large percentage that have never even gone online once in their life. Let's say that there are four billion people in the world who are online on a regular basis. You're saying that 25% of the world's population uses Ubuntu. Apple would love to have that number. Right. So uh, it, it all started. Our friend Michael Larabelle over at Pharonix, uh posted a, a, an article saying that Ubuntu most likely failed at their attempt to have 200 million users by the end of 2015. Ubuntu's response: No, we don't. We have a billion. Yeah, and there's just there's no way. I mean, I would love. Of course, you know, he talks about how we don't require a license key or anything, and so you know, somebody could download our. Um, the installation file or even get it off of a um i can't think of the word a torrent and we wouldn't know and they could you know install that everywhere and so th there's just no freaking way that a freaking billion people with a b are using ubuntu if they would have said a million hey okay i'll give you a million i'd give you 10 million i might even believe that a hundred million people have tried it but not that there's close to a billion users you know, the I, I, the only way I can conceive of doing that is you're counting a user as somebody who accessed a server running Ubuntu. Right. If, if that's the metric you use, then you can probably get to a billion in the course of a year, but not a billion active users. Yeah, I would totally, I would buy that because Ubuntu servers are, you know, I mean, they're not one of the most popular 
Linux servers from tech people, but they are pretty easy to set up for a beginning web guy. Um, and so you could have a moderately popular, uh, website running this, or, you know, maybe there's some hosting company out there and Ubuntu is their managing, uh, you know, that's what the VM sits on. And then so, or they're using Ubuntu and then, uh, Docker inside it to slice it up. Maybe that way there's a billion people who touch computers that use Ubuntu, but not, not a billion active Ubuntu users. No way. Yeah. And yes. Yeah. That, and we're talking server side, right? You yeah. take, you take server out and go desktop. And yeah, I'm with you, Seth. You're going to have a hard time getting to 10 million. Yeah. I, you know, I like my title. Ubuntu claims over 1 billion users. I claim something else. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a coach in high school that used to call that bullish stuffings. <laughs> bullish stuffings. Uh, okay, and now for the uh, the the discussion point, the thing that we that I teased almost a month ago. Uh, th- there's this this guy who got fired for something he wrote on Facebook. Okay, so that in itself is kind of okay, you know, depending on the circumstances. Except that it was his personal account. It wasn't at work. It wasn't about somebody who worked for. What? Yeah, there was um I, can we use that word on this show? Um <laughs> I, I I don't want to. Uh he called her um uh a name uh for a prov- uh, a a um um the S word. What's the word? Uh the, I, 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 a an, an pro- easy lady. He called her an easy provocative lady. is not is not the word. What's the word I'm looking for? It starts with a P. A promiscuous woman that starts with an SL and ends with the UT. Um, <laughs> that's, that's what he called her on Facebook. Okay. So, um, th- this, this doesn't bother me so much, right? If you are, um, on the New York Times staff and under the New York Times header, uh, or, or login on the New York Times Facebook page, you call a, a foreign dignitary this name. But no, this was just a guy on his own feed called somebody else this name and got fired. Well, actually, he went on their their Facebook page and did it. So he But still using his account. Right. Yeah, he, he posted to, on their wall. Right. So, you know, and this you know, there there is freedom of speech. And of course, this didn't happen in America. This happened in Australia. So, you know, of course, the laws there are slightly different. Um, but I understand. I was like, one, why would you be so stupid has to say that, you know, or maybe not say it's wrong. Why would you write that on something? Because an employer is going to do a background check on you. And if they find your Facebook page and see that, you know, you are, I don't know, you, you know, you like to cuss and you're getting hammered every week and you've joined the KKK and, you know, you think all of these colored people and that ethnic people and those religious people should die a flaming death and a hail of bullets. They're probably not going to hire you. But once you're hired, what if it comes out that you've done that? does the company want to be associated with you? So, and what happened in this story, so it's not like, um, 
you know, the person that he called this, the person who he said he insulted. Was, yeah, he insulted. They posted on Twitter. Hey, I wonder if this company knows that they have somebody working for them who goes around insulting women this way. And so the apartment complex or apartment group said, oh, we weren't aware. We have removed him while we investigated. And then now we've investigated and he no longer works here. So, you know, you know, I guess there's the threat because this was a journalist that, you know, we're going to an implied threat of we're going to stir up media and you know give you a bad pr nightmare but it just said hey i wonder if they're working there so this company you could say was proactive and said hey we didn't know this we didn't condone that we're not about insulting women so this person no longer works here and i agree with you had he done it under their handle it would be a no question you're out of here but he, so here's uh, you, you kind of I'm having to to read between the lines because the article in the dailybeast.com is is vague but he it's an apartment complex and he's listed as a supervisor so it's it's possible that he lives there that's not uncommon for people who are superintendents of of apartment complexes to have as part of their gig uh uh, free room and board or room anyway uh, and probably using their internet access so Assuming those two things, which we don't know, I'm giving the company the benefit of the doubt here. Assuming he is on their property using their internet access, then that is absolutely a violation of whatever terms of service they have set up. And if their terms of service say, if you use our product, uh, our resources for inappropriate things, you're fired, I'm okay with this. But I just, I'm having to go a long way to give them a lot of benefit of a lot of doubt to get there. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm like you, you know, I can see several sets of circumstances where this should be a fireable offense. But if this person were having a conversation with, um, this journalist and said, Hey, you're a, you know, a woman. And that's exactly, exactly what he was doing on her Facebook page or her blog, whatever, whatever the case is. Um, she was, she wrote an article. She published something, uh, publicly. He responded to it publicly, and he was a jerk to do what he did, right? But did she get every other negative commenter fired who commented on her posts? Is that the world we're coming to? You said something mean about me, so I'm going to ruin your life? But then again, her response was, um, you know, I want to call mommy and daddy. Well, no, her response where I wonder if the folks over at those apartments are aware that a man listing himself as a supervisor for their business likes to leave comments on women's Facebook pages calling them this name. I wonder if they're also aware that he's a racist. Hey, she just said, Hey, you know, somebody who is you, who works for you did this to me. And then they took it upon themselves right. to suspend him while they investigated and then fired. And in this scenario, I'm not mad at her. I'm not that what nothing she did was wrong. She published something that somebody disagreed with. You know, if, if I considered that wrong, I would have had to shut this show down years ago. Right. Um, I'm fine with what she did. I'm totally fine with what he did. He used a publicly provided tool. She made that source that that post open to comments. She had the option to, and it was either moderated or unmoderated. If it was unmoderated, then she's taking whatever garbage she gets. If it was moderated, she then chose after having read it to post it in a public forum 
So this was a conversation made in public. So this is Seth. You and I are in uh, the the cafeteria at uh, a Walmart. I, do they even have cafeteria at a mall? We're at a mall food court. There we go. Right. And you and I are having a conversation, and I call you a terrible name. That's what happened here. This was two people having a conversation in a public place. That public place happened to be Facebook. But it was still two private individuals having a public discussion or a private discussion in a public place is really the better way to put that. Two individuals having a discussion in a public place. One said something that the other one didn't like. So that person then called his boss. And that's no different than, than you know, when my 11-year-old gets in a fight and, and says, Mommy, he hit me. That that's exactly what happened here, so that was that was that was uncalled for on her part. But I'm not terribly mad about it because again, the analogy here is just in a very loud turn. The boss was at another table in the same food court, and in a very loud voice, she says, "Does the boss? Does your boss know? Does your mama know you 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 kiss her with that mouth? You know that kind of thing." So I'm still okay with everything that happened there, but I'm not okay at all. With what the uh, the apartment, what his employers did, unless there's that sliver of hope I'm holding on to that he signed some piece of paper that says, I will never make a mistake ever in my life or you can fire me. Hmm. Yeah. And again, you know, of course, I understand why you wouldn't want to print the actual context of the discussion. Exactly. But at the same time, they kind of, unfortunately, if you're going to write this story, you almost have to put the context of the discussion, you know, a little screenshot of she said, hey, I think, you know, men are jerks. And then the man responds, so what? You're a bleep. And then, you know, I don't know what was said. Again, should he have said that? No, just common decency. There's other ways you can disagree with someone and without resulting uh, that don't come off as insulting and demeaning. Uh, you know, this goes back to a conversation we had a while back and where people don't know how to express themselves right. So they just attack the messenger rather than the message. And that's, that's what happened here done very poorly. I don't know if this guy's intelligent or not, but if he's going to call somebody that on Facebook, probably not that intelligent. So, but should he have been fired for this? Is this a fireable offense? In many circumstances, yes, cut and dry. But in this circumstance, I don't know. I don't know that it that it is fireable. Now, it's not uncommon, you know, as you mentioned earlier in the show, I come from the world of education, spent 15 years there. Uh, in rural Texas, in the, in the education world, it was not uncommon for uh, contracts to have a morals clause in them. Right. Uh, I, I know that some some uh, sporting teams have in the past. I, I doubt they do anymore. Uh, some news organizations have in the past had morals clauses that says you, you're signing a piece of paper that says I agree to uphold a certain uh, standard of behavior. And if I do not, whether it's at work or not at work, I agree to be fired. If that's the case, I, I got no problem with any of this. Um, you know, uh, shame on the Daily Beast for not giving me enough information to know this. But if that's not the case, any other scenario other than that, this is reprehensible and unacceptable. We, it's this idea of just because something is digital, it's different. People who do things commit what would be a misdemeanor in a physical world. They do it using a computer. They did spend 10 years in prison. 
um, this, this, this idea that because it's a computer, it's immediately more and more evil. Because it's more public, it's immediately more evil. There is no difference, no difference, no difference between a post on a Facebook page and a conversation in a bus uh, uh, lobby, a bus station lobby. There is no difference. It just happens to be online. And we as a society, not as Americans, not as, not as, uh, as Texans, not as geeks, as a society, as a group of humans populating this planet, have to decide what behavior we will accept and what behavior we won't accept. Just like you said, you gotta set the rules and you gotta stick with those rules. These are changing the rules. Because I can have all the derogatory discussions I want to in a public place. And the only thing that, that I will, will face penalty for is being thrown out of that place. Unless it, it breaks, breaches some law, such as libel or slander or whatever there, and then it take, is taken to the courts. This man did not get his day in court. This man was summarily dismissed, his livelihood taken from him because he said something somebody didn't like in a public place. Man, you know, I, unfortunately, I don't know that you can say that posting something online is the same thing as telling someone because it's not if you it's and I, telling them loudly well i mean it's almost like you're writing a letter to the editor explaining your views and so you know if if, if you and well, i actually are, seth that is a greater thing okay so now the editor chooses to publish my letter right and then gets me fired for the words he chose to publish you just you just loaded my gun with another round of ammo so yeah i don't i Again, <laughs> I wonder, I just, I don't know what happened. I would love to have known what happened. Like you can find her, um, her post is up here and wow, this is weird. Perhaps we should have before the story went and looked on her Facebook page, um, to see what was there, but you can find her post where she is. I left the, I left this in the comments, but wanted to include here the answer I did not think about it before I did it. And then I decided that no. Sorry, I'm reading. Get vamped for a second. <laughs> uh, so this Clementine Ford person, one could argue that she has made a living out of being incendiary. I'm okay with that. That That is allowed in most countries in the world. Uh, she says things that people disagree with. She says them loudly and she says them articulately. Okay, that also makes her a big fat target. With a, with a nice big bullseye right in the center of her chest. She has to accept that because she's, the words she's saying are offensive. She has to accept the reality that people are offended by it. Now, you can argue that they don't have the right to be offended. Uh, okay. I mean, the, 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 there's all kinds of arguments you, you can make, and I'm not short-circuiting any of those. And I'm not saying, you know, that she deserved to be uh, insulted. Nobody deserves to be insulted. But the the the, the action that was taken here by a third and, and in many ways disinterested party here um is what's what's reprehensible to me and it's and it's frightening to me because that's the power of the internet people who are public personas have power you know in in earlier times in our culture uh, you were famous because you were important 
You were a king. You were a conqueror. You were a, a scholar. The, because you were an important person, you became famous. Somewhere along the line, we flipped that, and now you become important because you're famous. And that's why you have some airhead actress on uh, television uh, being an activist for you know not vaccinating your children, for going against 50 years of sound medical silent, si- uh, science, but because she's a famous person, she must therefore be important. So this is the same thing. Anything public is now given weight that it does not deserve and that's what is has me just bouncing in my chair about this one it's not that 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 a civil disobedient discourse happened that somebody got mad at somebody else or even that somebody decided we don't like the kind of person you are and we choose to hire a certain amount of people at our company all of those things are okay with me it's the fact that this because it was online it immediately became more more weighty because it was public it immediately became more powerful public doesn't equal power it doesn't. It shouldn't. And if we do that, we are feeding a machine that will only turn around and eat us in the end. Yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, you can chalk this up to the fact that it's like a bandwagon society. Somebody makes a comment, points out a slight, whether real or imagined, in this case, a real slight, and points it out that it's wrong and then everybody piles on yes that's wrong you know kill the bleep and bleep who did that you know he said all babies should die that's bad but we should kill him it's good to kill him because he said you know and it's like wait a minute you're doing the exact same thing but now you're a mob and nobody wants to stand up to the mob or the mob will turn on them and unfortunately that that's what happened here i mean this guy idiot i mean definite idiot um i don't know you know so it's okay Seth. you're allowed to defend his position yeah without agreeing with it yeah and i want to get that out there right now we we do not agree with what he did we do i do i'm not going to speak for seth i do support his right to have done it yes and uh, you know if you go on and read this article on the daily beast it then turns into a thing from this situation to where you know you shouldn't um, you know, basically it's a, it's a male privilege. It turns into a sermon. Yeah. It, you know, basically male privilege. It's okay to shame women and get away with it. And that's not what we're talking about. But at the same time, just because somebody said something, if he did something wrong, he should have to pay a price. So I, I don't even disagree with that, but is getting fired from your job an appropriate penalty for being stupid in this situation? I don't think it is. You know, what was it like unto it is the story that you mentioned uh, last month when we talked about this was the the lady who posted a tweet. Uh, head, I'm paraphrasing something like heading to Africa. Hope I don't get uh, Ebola. Just kidding. Ha ha. I'm white. An obvious joke uh, at her own expense. She was she was ridiculing her own white privilege. By the time her plane landed, her life was over. Yeah. And people who it's one of those things, people jumped on the bandwagon. Somebody took it the wrong way. And because this person wasn't there to immediately say, that's not what I meant. She was silent for a, um, you know, a trans oceanic flight. So the whole, it boiled over and it got retweeted, taken out of context. And, Oh, look, this is just another white person saying whatever. And then so by the, she doesn't even know what's happened because she's in the plane taking a nap. She lands. She's got. She's got fired and everything else because she made a stupid joke. 
I doubt he was making a joke here in this situation. But again, it's just, it's one of those people are, we're so quick to judge every, and I, you know, I've tried to be more conscious on public shaming and disagreeing with a message rather than just assassinate the messenger because, you know, that's, that's how my mind reacted a lot. And so I'm trying to change that. So luckily I haven't, the dumb stuff I've done like this, I haven't done online. I've done them. Exactly. You and I grew up in a world where we did most of our stupid stuff before everything we did was online. Yep. So I'm looking at this this woman here. I'm uh, Clementine Ford. Um, there's a picture of her on this article, and and it's interesting. As you're talking, I'm looking at the picture of her, and I'm thinking, what can I say about this woman that won't get me in trouble? Right? I can't call her pretty because that's sexist and, and wrong. Um, I can't comment on her tattoos because that's making a moral judgment about her. I, I can't say anything. And she set herself. I'm not saying her personally. That, but the society has set certain classes of people aside. In such a way that they are untouchable. You cannot insult them. You cannot compliment them. Seth, have you ever gotten in trouble for complimenting somebody? I have. Yes, um, I, I have. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think we can safely say she has red hair in this photo and appears yes. to have freckles. So um, I don't know. You're going. That's too far. That's too far. I didn't say she had them. I just said in this photo, she appears right. to have freckles. It could be a she, lighting or a digital effect. She is facing the camera and wearing some article of clothing. That's that's pretty much the safest thing you're allowed to say. Maybe a necklace. <laughs> that the the jury's out on that. Okay. It, it could just be a a, a a golden birthmark that we have just made her feel bad by commenting on. Could be. So yeah, I um I don't know. It just seems that this is a case where somebody did something that. You know, not even defending the action, but I think getting fired over what he did was ridiculous. And and again, I'm leaving out that, that sliver of possibility that he signed a morals clause in his contract. If that's true, he deserved what he got. In fact, he agreed that that would be the punishment for his actions. Yeah. Failing that, if he did not do that, this man has a legal battle, uh, a court case that he could win. By being a, a jerk, he could win a lawsuit because somebody reacted badly to his bad behavior. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe there's other reasons that um, besides this story that resulted in him getting terminated. So this was this could have been the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. But um, as this is presented, exactly, it that's just, another. It's, thing. it's overkill. You know, it's using a. It's using a sledgehammer to kill a fly, um, you know, or or anything like that. So, you know, I could understand had they say we suspended him, you know, for a week or something. Again, I don't know that getting fired for calling someone that is an appropriate thing. Uh, again, calling someone that isn't an appropriate thing, but getting fired, I don't think is an appropriate response. I always, you know, when I try to discipline uh, people, whether it be kids I'm watching or in a supervisory capacity at a job, you always want to make the quote unquote punishment fit the quote unquote crime. So, you know, oh, you stole a paperclip death chair or you know <laughs> maybe not maybe why don't you put the paper clip back and don't do that again uh, 
so I, I I I feel now. See, this is this is the world in which we live in. I feel now that I have to backpedal and reiterate that I'm not defending the the insulting of a woman. I'm not. But you know what? It I am at the same time. Did he do something that I agree with? Were he my friend, would I pull him aside and say, "Dude, that was over the line." Yes, absolutely I would. But I will also defend his right to speak his mind in a public forum. That is a right in this country anyway, well, and in many others. It used to be. <laughs> it's it's you you have that that right. She she has the ability, right? She controls her world. And she could have, and as I do, for example, on elementop.com, when you go to uh, the, the website and you see the notes that we've uh, we posted there about this show or about any others, there's no option to comment on that. I had that on originally. The spam bots were just filling me up with garbage comments, so I turned it off. I chose, in a world which I owned, to take away the public forum context there. You cannot comment on something I post on the front page of the site unless I specifically allow it. She had that right in her forum, in her world. Wherever this thing happened, she was the moderator of that. She controlled that. Now, she maybe flipped a blank switch that everybody gets to say what they want, or and, and he said that. What would be even more pernicious, and, and I'm, I'm not accusing her because I don't know, is that if she moderates comments and that she chose to post something insulting to her so that she could then respond to it in a public way that that then is uh two wrongs making a bigger wrong yeah so you know if everybody's a victim and nobody is a mature i mean if you have the ability say if it's facebook and nobody wants to take the time to do this but moderate what people can post on your wall you know or like in facebook i have it set where if i'm tagged in something i have to approve it before it shows up on my timeline mm -hmm. You know, I can just say, I don't want that there. Or if somebody's going to post something on my wall, delete it. I've deleted other people's comments from my post because I didn't like the direction that was going to take the thread. So I just like, yep. oh, delete that comment. And, you know, sometimes I said, hey, man, that was over the line. I deleted it. Other times I just delete it and move on. And if they want to know why, I'll tell them. But otherwise... You know, the world didn't need that, and I tried to clean up my little corner. Yeah, I, I had a situation um, a while back where I posted something. There was a comment made. I deleted the comment. Comment was reposted. I deleted it. Comment was reposted. I deleted it. Comment was reposted. I deleted it. Eventually, they got tired of posting the comment. <laughs> um, rather than turning off all comments, uh, which I, I don't even know if you can do that on Facebook. I've never tried, frankly. But I do. you cannot post on my wall. And only friends can see my comments. Uh, uh, and I think maybe friends of friends. So this person obviously had a connection with me. So had I chosen to, I could have severed that connection. I could have unfriended this person. I, I didn't. I just played the, the game of tennis. And in fact, it became comical after a while. How many times do I have to delete this? Does this person even realize? Do they think, why won't this post? Uh, you know, uh, right. but, you know, this person, this, uh, uh, Clementine Ford has a public page that she's made publicly available to people who aren't her friends, presumably, right? I, I, I presume that this guy who would, who would call her, uh, an insulting name is not a friend. Um, so she has her settings wide open, which therefore, by definition, makes it a public forum. And, and once you do that, there's a certain amount of responsibility for being the host of that public forum. 
and and I, I fear that she didn't live up to her responsibility. He certainly didn't live up to his responsibility to be a civil guest in a public place. Yeah. But then but then his employer is just completely goes off the rails uh for saying this thing that you did on your own time in your own uh name is not okay with us and you're fired. Yeah, but you know, I wonder this reminds me of a story that happened. Um anybody who's on Facebook, well I don't know if anybody can, but you know, they have these Facebook groups that are set up to buy and sell things, you know, exchange groups. Well, I know somebody who started one that got up to have over 10,000 members. Now, of course, not all of those are active, but what something happened, somebody used that Facebook group to sell something that they stole. So for hypo, so this person broke into a house, stole some things, posted on Facebook and sold them. And so the police, whenever they tracked the sale through the Facebook group, went to the owner of that group and almost arrested them when all that person did was start this group that other people joined. So society didn't know how to deal with that. So I wonder if this is a case where the apartment complex owners or management company, I wonder if they just simply don't know how to deal with social media. And so they made a knee jerk reaction. Or, or it could be and just trying to, to examine all possibilities. They called the guy in and said, look, here's this thing. You care to, to talk about it? And he said, up yours. I don't have to talk to you. And they're fine. You're fired. So, you know, but the, the article, the daily um, has a you know a seven word head uh, uh eight word headline that draws a direct correlation between he called her a name he got fired so there may be you know it may be one of those old family circus co- uh, commercial uh, cartoons where there's a whole bunch of squiggles between those two dots uh that that happened but i can only go with what's presented uh, to me and what it looks like is that you know specifically because he said something in a public room uh he got fired uh, and I just really hope that's not the case. But the thing is, because it's so common, it I had to just immediately assume that. There was enough basis in society for me to immediately assume that. And there wasn't, I didn't have to have my arm twisted to believe it was a possibility. And that's the sad thing in itself. Yeah. Um, I wish I was, um, I don't know. I I don't know what else to say, but. You know, well, that's never stopped me before. I'll say yeah. anything. <laughs> no, the guy was an idiot, and I think the situation blew up. It shouldn't have right. ever got this big to begin with. Yeah, that escalated quickly. Yeah, it's <laughs> the way to put it. Um, so I, I want to know what you think, listening member of the audience. Um, am, am I just ranting needlessly over this? That this this clearly comes from my uh con- political conservative uh constructivist constitutional view you know the reason i've been out of shape about this is two reasons one um i believe in the rule of law and 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 two i'm a public person so i have more skin in this game the fact that i get on here and, and talk to you for a couple hours every week by definition makes me a public person and so i i this is I'm not as big a person as, as she is. I don't have as many followers as she does, but this is the the same ocean in which I'm swimming. So I have I have uh, some passion about that, and from two fronts: one from the rule of law and and doing what's right, and and two from the the standpoint of is this the world the way the world is going? Do I even want to become more of a media celebrity than I am if this is the world I can look forward to? 
So the, that's my thoughts on it. So I need to know what your thoughts on it are. Uh, tell me what you think. But did I just spend an hour babbling needlessly, or did I not say it enough, or is it somewhere in between? Elementop.com, click the Contact Us button at the top of the page. Uh, that will send uh, a, a nicely formatted email to us, and, and I want to hear what you have to say about it. Seth, any other final comments on that before we move along? Uh, nope. Sorry, that just about sums it up for me as well. All right. This this I'm out of practice. I'm my abs actually hurt from yelling into the mic. It's been it's been too long since I did this. It's uh um I need to get back into shape and get my yelling muscles uh back to going. Uh, so Seth, what do you have for our show closing spectacular this week? Oh wait, did, do we have a this week in history? Did I skip that? No, no, you did not okay. skip it. I completely forgot it. Okay. So uh you're out of practice, I'm out of practice. The whole show's out of practice. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, everyone. I forgot that this week in technology history, but I already have some for next week. So, yay, it'll be back. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you didn't miss any shows, but we took three weeks off. Right. So it's just it feels a little weird for us. So, all right, Seth, what do you have this week to uh, to bring my productivity down so that you look like a better hiring option? Okay, well, this there is a sequel coming out that I am really pumped up about um, Independence Day 2. And so in order to kind of bridge the gap, because, you know, it's been 20 years, you might have slept since then. And if you haven't seen the movie, one of the countless, and I do mean countless because numbers don't go the eye, times it has been shown on TV. And uh, <laughs> I think it's on, it's by contract. It has to be on at some point all day. Um, there is a website called warof1996.com that kind of talks about that alien invasion and humanity coming together because obviously we're dealing with alternate history now because, you know, we didn't have an alien apocalyptical invasion 20 or yeah, 20 years ago. So it's kind of cool. You can go there and do the thing and see some of the highlights and they explain why Will Smith won't be in this one because he died in a, um, a training accident when they were trying to integrate the tech. So war of 1996, that's one nine one six in Rome in uh, Arabic numerals. Um, and just kind of go in there and you can kind of get prepared and get psyched for independence day too. I'm really looking forward to this movie. I, I don't know that I'm looking forward to it necessarily, but I am intrigued by it. Uh, there are some, they, they they didn't close that door at all at the end of that movie, right? It was uh, the humans didn't die, but the world was a big old mess, right? Uh, so th- there's there's all kinds of fertile ground there. What's interesting is that they waited twenty years to do it, right? Because we could have mined that fertile ground for the last twenty years, but uh, they they kind of you know put a pin in it, so to speak, um, and they they wanted to uh, circle back. And, uh, and socialize that. Well, they had um, to get consensus, and sometimes it takes right. longer. They had to so, run it up the flagpole and uh, see if they could get all the decision makers Put enough on the human same page. capital behind it. So right. Make sure you have the bandwidth to do that. But, yeah, I, I am looking forward to the sequel. I don't know that I'm excited about it, uh, mainly because the biggest star isn't there. Right. Um, Will Smith made that movie what it was. Um, and that movie kind of helped make him, too. Yes. But, yeah, this is a movie I watch regularly i mean i've seen it dozens of times uh and i own it and it's you know it's one of those saturday afternoon kids are all out of the house uh i just want to watch something blow up movies 
and I, I put it on. So yeah, it's and it still holds up. You know, the visual effects, as old as they are, still hold up. Uh, so it'll be interesting if they don't if they don't knock it out of the park, they'll actually be beaten by their twenty year old former selves. Yep. So I'm looking forward to it. You know, I it has it has a lot of potential. That's never a good way to start <laughs> off. And she has a great personality. Yeah, too. great personality, a lot of potential. I'm really excited about the concept. All those catchphrases for don't ever watch this movie. But um, <laughs> I, I, I will see this one. Um, yeah, it, I, I will be in the theater opening weekend um, it, because because yeah, it's yeah. not Sharknado four level of expectation for me, but. It is one I want to see. All right. It, uh, it's great to have been back with you on this new show that's never been on the air before. Again. Episode 221. <laughs> um, so I already told you how you can contact us. Uh, we, we do appreciate that. Let us know what you think. Uh, we, what direction should we go in? I, I really want to focus, as I said, more on geek culture, that sort of stuff. Um, you know, still open source is, is, a, is a big passion of mine so we're still going to go there tell us what you think feedback to us at our feedback uh, thing uh, you can uh, call uh, use the contact button i already talked about you can send an email to edl at elementopoe.com or geekrant at elementopoe.com um oh, wait seth did you get the email i sent you uh on friday about this show this week because i sent it to that new email address um okay by the time this show goes out i'll make sure that email address is working geekrant at elementopoe excuse me, elementopi.com, um, or you can call 559-IAMOP and leave us a voicemail, and we'll most likely play it on the show. We haven't had one of those in a while. Uh, you need, need to clean out those uh, internet pipes there and make sure things are working. So uh, let us know what you think. Um, we look forward to Geek Rant number 222, the second show. Lots of twos anyway. Yeah, and so I'll say that ends this episode of Geek Rant. Later. It's going to take a while to get used to. It sure will. <laughs> <laughs>